Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. All right, I'm going to be in the, uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is one of the Gospels, uh, New Testament, uh, just a couple of books inside that. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to give you an inside scoop, what it's like to be on staff here at the Vineyard. Uh, every now and again, we all eat together uh, during the week, and we talk about just random things. And so we gathered this week, and we talked around this question. Have you ever been someplace where you just knew you probably didn't belong? So think about that. Have you ever been someplace where you just knew, maybe I don't belong here? So as we were talking, one of the uh, very quick things that came up that was a little surprising to me is the number of women who use the men's bathroom. (laughs) Apparently that's pretty prevalent, especially in large gatherings. Women will shut the men's bathroom down and claim it as women's bathrooms. Yeah, have you done that? Yeah, some of you have experienced this. So that was surprising. Another story I heard of uh, going someplace that maybe you didn't belong Uh, Deanna, who's on staff, told me a story about her parents, uh, went to a funeral. Many of us have been to funerals, right? You go to visitations, and you go, and you stand in line, meet the family, and then this funeral happened to be open casket, so they uh, went to the funeral. They stood in the line to meet the family for over an hour, like it was a big funeral, big visitation, so they wait in line, finally get to the family, shake the family's hand. Greet them, pay last respects. Then they go to the casket, and the casket's open, and they look in. They have no idea who this person is. They have gone to the wrong funeral. Yeah, right? How do you exit from that? (laughs) So have you been someplace where you're not sure that you uh, belong? A more serious uh, account, a few months ago, I was visiting a hospital, patient in the hospital, and as I was on my way out of the hospital, I noticed that there was a nurse who looked like they were having a fairly bad day. I used to work in healthcare many years ago, and so it just, it caught me as I was walking out, and I felt like I needed to stop and just see if she was okay, so I stopped and I said, hey, we don't know one another, are you Okay. And uh, she described uh, fairly succinctly, she may have known who I was, I didn't recognize her, and she said, I've been at this hospital for 25 years, it's not just a bad day, I'm not sure if I belong in nursing anymore. That's sad to me. Like, you, you can work someplace, the same place for 25 years, and you desperately desire this sense of belonging, and all of a sudden, after all that time, you don't feel like you belong anymore. But belonging is such a core human need. Before I uh, go on with the message, I think we need to set a foundation for what the definition of what I'm talking about is. What is belonging? And so this is the definition of belonging. It's the feeling of security and support when there's a sense of acceptance, inclusion, and identity for a member of a certain group. Right? You get acceptance, you, get, you feel included, some of your identity gets wrapped up into it. 
It's such a core human need that 80 years ago, many of you might uh, remember this from high school, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Does anybody remember that? Anybody? Okay, 10 of you. I'm sure high school taught you this, unless you're right. 80 years ago, Maslow came up with a list of things that humans need. The bottom one is uh, physios, those needs. Breathing. Bre you, would you agree that breathing is a human need? Yes, you're on board with that. If we go up, safety and security. But look at the third one. Love and belonging. There's something deep inside of us that's wired to require belonging to something. Now, I, I need to make a, a distinction. There's a difference between belonging to something and feeling a sense of belonging. Like, like some of you uh, belong to Spotify or AARP. Right, there's, there's a difference between paying your dues to belong and not really feel, if you feel like your identity comes from AARP, I need to talk to you later, right? Our identity doesn't come from those things. Those are just memberships that are sometimes nice to have. There's a level deeper where you get a sense of belonging, those things where you're accepted, you're included, where your identity comes from. Now, some of you might argue that you belong to a gym or even your job or some social club where you feel like, oh no, I'm getting part of that definition. I'm getting my identity and some acceptance there. And that's great. But I just want to challenge that a little bit because in my experience, many times when I've found my belonging in those things, in my job, what happens is leaders will change or it's a different season and it just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like I belong as much anymore. I was even talking to someone uh, just recently uh, who was sharing, she was in the military. And if, you're in the, if you've ever been in the military, there's a sense of belonging. You're sort of forced to belong. But there's this sense of belonging. And this is what Amanda said. She said this, I had never had to think about where I belonged in the military. You just belong. And she goes on to say, I miss the camaraderie, trust, integrity, and still feel a little lost without that community. There's this deep desire to belong to things. And so I, I want to ask this question. It's actually the title of the message. Where, where do I belong? If you're like me, when, when I first thought about this question several weeks ago, I could come up with a list of three or four things very quickly. But when I stopped and thought about the deeper question, where do I get my sense of belonging? It was different. I had to think about that a little longer. So there might be a few groups of the room when, when you're thinking about the question, where do I belong? You might have like a, a good sense of belonging today, which is amazing. Hang in there, because I think there's some things in the message across the rest of your life that might be helpful. Maybe you belong to something like the nurse, belonged someplace 25 years. You should feel some sense, of, but it's not the same. Something's different. You're, you're missing something. Or someone might be in the room where you're, you don't belong to anything and you just feel isolated. 
So whatever group you're part of, whatever you're thinking about, I, I, I want to remind us we're in this series called Four Questions. And these four questions, who, where, what, and why, are some of the most foundational questions that we should be asking at times like we're living. Not just to help our spiritual lives, but to help like our everyday lives. I would argue this question, where do I belong? If you look at the top news stories over the last week, I would argue the question, where do I belong, is at least a portion of the root of the problem. Think about some of the issues we're hearing about on the news today. People are fighting about all sorts of things. Guns, gender, this, that, the other. And people are yelling at others, you belong here, you belong there. If we get this question at least started in the right direction, things would be so much better. Do you agree? I think it's a really critically important question. So I'm going to attempt to address what I see in scripture that will help us answer that. It's in Luke chapter 10, really familiar text to some of us. Jesus is middle of his ministry. He's walking through a town and he stops off at Mary and Martha's house, their sisters. And so I'm going to pick it up. Might be a familiar section of scripture. Luke 10 Starting in verse 38, it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care about that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Even if we've heard that account several times, I'm going to challenge us this morning to go deeper than normal. To actually use that choice that Mary made and begin to address in our lives, how do I choose where to belong? So before I jump into that, let's pray. So Father, we pray for this morning. I pray that you would open our hearts, our ears, our minds to everything in this text that you have for us. Pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here's what I see in the text. You can write this down. Mary's choice to belong prioritized relationship over responsibility. Prioritized relationship over responsibility. If we look at the text, and I want to talk about Mary's choice. It might not be intuitive about what I'm talking about. What choice are you talking about? Here's what it says in the text. Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what Jesus said. Mary, it's Mary of Bethany, sat at the Lord's feet. So here's how I envision this. Mary and Martha are at home. They got a knock at the front door. It's Jesus. What do you do when Jesus knocks? You let him in. And uh, Jesus sits down. They're maybe talking about tonight's dinner. And now the sisters have a choice. What do we do? 
Martha decides to go to the kitchen. Mary, in that moment, has to decide, where do I belong? In the kitchen or with Jesus? And she makes a choice to sit at the feet of Jesus, which is a little countercultural to start with. Women back then do not sit at the feet of a teacher. It's, it's a bad thing to do. But Jesus allows it, and she makes this decision, which sort of makes Martha upset. Here's what it says in the text. It says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Everybody say, had to be. They had to be made. There's a dinner. We don't have much information about the dinner. I don't know what they're making. Hopefully it's like pineapple upside down cake and pork. I don't know what they're making. I like pineapple upside down cake. That's why I said that. But there's a dinner and there's stuff that has to be done. So Martha is on it. She knows that and she's taskmaster. She's getting it done. How many Marthas are in the room? Be honest. I'm a Martha. Right? You just know when you look at something, who else is going to do it? I got to do this. I mean, how's it going to get done? So Martha's mad. Mary's not helping. The text says, she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help me. Let's be clear. Both women choose to come to Jesus. Martha chooses to come to Jesus with a complaint. Mary chose to come to Jesus because she knew that's where she belonged. And it was... This, that Jesus said about that choice. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. So to be clear, let let, let me just share this. It's not a fill in the blank, but I want to share this statement. Finding belonging in Jesus is the greatest choice. Finding belonging in Jesus is the greatest choice. If we find our belonging in the responsibility, at some point we're going to lose that belonging because the responsibility is done. It doesn't mean we don't take care of things that need to get taken care of, but the acceptance, inclusion, identity that we need happens in relationship, not responsibility. We have to prioritize the relationship with Jesus. Is there anybody in the room who your identity, acceptance, and inclusion comes from your responsibilities? Is it just me at times? Yeah, there's some timid, like, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I I get wrapped up in that. And this text is saying Mary has made the better choice. We have to prioritize the relationship with Jesus, which means I'm going to give you three things. Some of you might leave today and go, man, those are really basic things. No, they're not. Go deep. There's a choice to go deep in this, and and this is the invitation. Prioritizing relationship with Jesus means, number one, relational depth. This is how we prioritize the relationship and find our belonging in Jesus. We start with the relational depth. When I married my wife, Anne, almost 27 years ago, I wanted relational depth with her. So I would change my schedule. 
I would tell people who were, try, who were being nice, Steve, you need to do this. Do you want to do this? I would say, no, I want to I spend time with my wife. I even do that today. I, I, I'm not perfect at it, but my schedule is changed because I want to prioritize spending time with Anne. It's not maybe the perfect example, but at least you could see the link, right? If we want relational depth with Jesus, there's got to be some prioritization of spending time with Jesus. Your life should look a little different. People who ask you, or if there's Marthas in your life that tell you you should be somewhere, it's okay sometimes to say, you know what? I understand that responsibility. It's not the most urgent thing. I'm going to church. I'm spending time in my Bible, or I'm praying. I wonder, just looking at the text, I wonder if you've ever had someone in your family upset at you because you chose relational depth with Jesus over their urgent responsibilities. It's sort of a conviction, that's not our watermark, right? Just following Jesus should not, like if your family's all mad at you, you shouldn't go, yes, I finally made it. It's not the goal. But in my life, that's what part, some of it happened. I was uh, following Jesus early in my life, and, and people would be, um, family in particular, would say, hey, why don't you come? I can't. I'm going to church. I'm going to this class. I'm volunteering. I can't do that. Now, that normalized over time, and they realized, oh, he's a Christian, and he's going to do that stuff. But relational depth is what we need to find belonging in Jesus. Second thing, marinating in the Bible. I don't know in the history of the church whether we've ever used that as a fill-in, marinating, but I love it. Here's why I love the word marinating. You ever marinate meat? You make a marinade sauce, right? You put whatever meat's in there, you close it off. And it just sits in there. And when you pull that meat after it's done marinating, it smells and it tastes like the marinade. That's what we should be doing with Scripture. We sh- this is food for our daily lives. We should be marinating in this so when we go into the world, we smell and taste like what's in there. Okay, not smell and taste. You, you get the point, though. Our lives should look like we're actually trying to live out the very thing that we read. And how do we do that unless we marinate in this? I was looking recently at at, uh, some statistics on how frequently people read the Bible. Not the whole Bible, but how frequently they're picking up their Bible to read. The latest uh, statistic that I saw, there's a whole bunch. So uh, 39% of people read their Bible two or three times a year. That's not reading the whole Bible two or three times. That's two or three times they're picking up the Bible to actually read it. That is not enough for the junk in life that we have to go through. We have to marinate in this if we're going to survive it well and find belonging in Jesus, yes? Here's what we're going to do because we're the vineyard, right? we, We would love to encourage you help you as much as possible to get in the Word. So earlier during announcements, maybe you heard an announcement about a class, Bible Basics. There's a class that starts May 2nd. That class is $10. If you sign up this weekend, 
we're actually going to cut the cost in half. It'll be $5. That'll cover the cost of the printouts and the other stuff that comes with it. You have to use a promo code to sign up. It's a really complex promo code. It's going to be hard to remember. It's Bible. What's the promo code? Bible. This is a great class as a starting point or a great class of like, how do I share the Bible with other people? It's a good class, so sign up. So we've got to marinate in the Bible. The last, if we want to find belonging in Jesus by prioritizing the relationship, the third one, we need relational prayer. Relational prayer. Here's what I mean by relational prayer. Relational prayer is the belief that God wants to interact and talk with us throughout the day. It's not that we just give him requests all the time, but he actually wants to guide us. He actually wants to give us suggestions. So throughout our day, we're within his will and we do what he wants us to do. So we can be in relationship all day long. God, what do you want me to do here? God, this is confusing. God, I don't feel like I belong here. What, what would you have me do? It's this relational prayer throughout the day. Yet too many of us, including me at times, rely on our own minds or rely on other people to tell us what to do. Relational prayer is so much better. Those habits, those three habits that I just talked about, those will help you prioritize a relationship with Jesus where you will find the belonging that your soul needs. So Mary's choice to belong prioritized relationship over responsibility. Here's the other thing that I see about Mary's choice to belong. It lasted beyond the responsibilities. You can write that in. It lasted beyond the responsibilities. So Mary has chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus. Martha's complaining. And Jesus comes back with this statement. He says, Mary's chosen what is better. And look at this. And it will not be taken away from her. The, the dinner and the responsibilities with the dinner had to happen. It doesn't say in the text anything about the dinner. Who came? Was it a, like... I don't know what Martha cooked. Was it amazing? Did Jesus come? Did the rest of the disciples come? Was it packed out? Did she burn something? We don't know. We have no idea. However, we hear more about the relationship with Mary later in the account of Jesus. You should look sometime. Look where Mary of Bethany shows up. She shows up actually multiple times later. She shows up when her brother Lazarus is dead. She shows up later at the feet of Jesus when he's on the cross. There's this, there's this intimacy, there's this connection, there's this sense of belonging that happened way beyond the dinner. It wouldn't be taken away from her is what Jesus said. So, so let, me, let me unpack this this way. It may not be the best way to unpack this, but I was thinking over the last 25 years some of the projects and jobs that I've had in my career. Some of the 
responsibilities and projects that I was associated with took a long time, maybe a year or two years to complete. And I felt a, a deep sense of belonging with great teams of people through that. But looking back now, most of those relation, most of those relationships and that sense of belonging doesn't exist anymore. So you might feel accomplished at your sense of work and responsibility and what's on your plate right now, but it only lasts until the next urgent task comes along. I thought about it this way. I don't know if this is the perfect way to say it, but it'll be on the screen. Outside of Jesus, belonging usually lasts as long as the responsibility exists. So we talked about work. What about school? Maybe you're in school right now. It's almost graduation season, right? And maybe you're you're graduating to go on the next thing or the next grade. And maybe you're finding your belonging in school and with your friends. Here's the, here's the risk. You're going to graduate someday, and that belonging isn't going to be permanent. And so if you know someone who is graduating, and they have found their belonging in their friends and in their school, and their identity is wrapped up into that, huge caution, you should talk to them about belonging to Jesus. Because in Jesus, you will never graduate. Am I going too fast? What about this? Maybe it's not school. Maybe it's not work. Maybe you find belonging in your family and in your kids. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But between, listen to this statistic. About 93% of the time you'll spend in person with your children will happen before they turn 18. Let me say that again. 93% of the time that you spend face-to-face with your children will happen before they turn 18, which means at 18, how many of you, if you have kids, want them to launch? If you don't, I need to talk to you later. Right? Most parents want their kids, when they're 18, go launch into the world and be who God created you to be. But if our sense of belonging is wrapped up entirely in our kids, when they launch into the world, you will feel isolated, alone, and you will no longer have a sense of belonging because for the next 50 years, 40 years, how much ever time you have left, your kids only see you face-to-face about 7% of the time. Oof. Which is why, I I didn't find any statistic on this, but it sort of logically makes sense. When kids launch and you're an empty nester, if you've wrapped up your entire identity and belonging and acceptance in your family, when you become an empty nester, what are you going to do? The divorce rate for empty nesters was about 10% 10 years ago. It's 25% right now. And I think part of that increased statistics is we're wrapping our entire belonging around our kids instead of the better choice that lasts forever with Jesus. We're even settling for thinking that we belong to virtual communities and social networks. Because someone liked my post, I'm part of a virtual group for this, that, or the other, and we're finding our belonging in a virtual world that will never satisfy. Steve, those are really good points. Sometimes I just have to encourage myself. Back to the text. Mary wanted her belonging to last longer than the dinner. 
You can write this down. God's offer to belong is intended to be permanent. It's an offer. We have to make a choice, but it's intended to be permanent. If we look at John, while you're writing that, I'm going to read John 10. Some of you know this verse, at least the first part of it. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. But look at this. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus declares, belonging in me, no one's going to snatch you out of my hand. That's good news. That's the type of relationship when I'm searching for belonging that I want to have. In the Old Testament, Psalm 100, just to put like an exclamation point on this, know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us, and we are his, we are his people. We are intended to be his people. That's why God created us, and we have a choice to lock into that. Look at this, Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. You look that up in the original language, it really means everlasting. It means like it doesn't end. It means like forever, which is why in Psalm 136, the, the psalmist is writing, I won't read this whole thing, but after every verse, the first verse, give thanks to the Lord for he's good. And then after every verse, the psalmist writes, his love endures forever. Just as a reminder to us, it never ends. So if God intended us to belong to him, to get our sense of belonging, identity, acceptance in him, why are we settling for less? Why do I do that? Why do I search for my identity and acceptance and belonging in jobs and tasks and people that are temporary and will let me down? We're robbing ourselves of the very thing that God has freely for us. So I'm going to start, or I'm going to end with this question. It's the same question I started with. Where do I belong? Where do you get your sense of belonging? And if, I'm going to go back to the three groups I asked you to think about really early. If you're, sensible, if you're like, you know what, my sense of belonging, I belong to things. Are they going to be permanent? Like, really, they're going to be forever. If so, I need to talk to you later to find out what that is. Because likely, something's going to happen, and, and trusting Jesus and belonging to him is the better choice. Or, or if you belong to something, and something's just not right, or... Or maybe you feel like you don't belong to anything and you're isolated and alone. You should run to the feet of Jesus. Because Mary's choice to belong can be our choice to belong as well. So to recap, Mary's choice to belong prioritized relationship over responsibility and lasted beyond the dinner. So I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.